Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. What if we started out the podcast with some jingle, like Wygant's podcast, pod, pod, podcast, podcast. Gosh, that's annoying as all hell, but it is catchy. Good job, Wygant. Good job. <laughs> hey, we're not doing jingles, because you know why? Because this is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and the one and only Race Tech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Super low prices, unparalleled customer service, and F-R-E-E, three-day shipping. Easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Excuse me. Too fast there. I can't go too quick on my on my reads here. Also, thank you, Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. Light Hydro is my jam. Go check it out over at FlyRacing.com. Go check out the new 18.5 kinetic mesh gear. Stuff is great looking. I'm stoked already for 2019 gear, which is coming soon. I'm sure you'll be seeing it on the guys come outdoors. And I'll be tweaking very hard to get some and probably bugging Max and JT over there to send me some early, which they probably won't, but I would love it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm anxiously awaiting. Thank you, Race Tech. You guys know what's going on. You guys want some plush suspension or some engine work? Head over to Race Tech. Racetech.com. They do it all. You got an older two-stroke? You don't think anybody has your suspension you know, dialed in for those older two-strokes? Well, let me tell you, Racetech does, okay? Racetech has the parts. They got a huge warehouse full of parts, no matter what bike you have. So I was there. I witnessed it. It's crazy. But hey, go check them out. They do great work. Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Racetech products and services are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Experience the gold valve advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. Truth. All right? So, hey, we're back. Thank you for joining me. It's a Wednesday here, but who knows when you guys are listening to this stuff. This is going to be talking, I think we're going to be talking about mostly... RM Army today. Woo-wee. You know, we kid around about this RMZ 450 a lot. But if you're an average guy, weekend warrior, it's hard to beat a Suzuki, okay? You want to know why? The engine is pretty good. And what you're going to learn here is you can dial in this bike. I'm going to give you some specs, some, some tips, some tricks. You can dial in this bike. It's easy to ride, okay? It's manageable power. It's not too gnarly. The engine's actually really good. It just, they need some chassis help. So I'm here today 
to talk to you about living with the 18RMZ450. But first, you're going to hear Mathis, okay? I let Mathis use my test bike. He's done some mods to his bike. He's been riding. Thank God. I'm stoked for it. I bug his ass all the time about riding. You need to ride. You need to ride. No, I'm not Mitch Payton, but I want my buddy to go riding and enjoy. You know, basically, he got into this, you know, sport, I guess, because he loved riding. And then it turned into work. And now he just stopped riding. Well, why do all of the work that he does? And he does do a lot of work, guys. Like, Mathis busts his ass when it comes to working. He sets a work ethic for me that honestly is very, very hard to beat. I think I work pretty hard, but this guy does a lot of typing, does a lot of work, does a lot of talking. He shuffles around a lot of things and he does it well. So I figured, you know what? You'd bust your ass. You need to go ride. So I got him this bike. He's stoked. I want you guys to listen to what he's done to his bike and how he feels the bike is for him. And then once he's done, I'll come back and I'm going to get you guys what I feel is some good settings, some tips, some things that you can do to your chassis. But first and foremost, here's Mathis. Stay tuned for what I have to say. Mathis, take it over, buddy. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Kiefer Tested Podcast. Wait, what? Am I on the right show? Hey, this is Steve Mathis. Thank you uh, for listening, uh, for reals. Kiefer asked me to do a pod on the uh, RMZ, RM Army 2018 RMZ 450. We know his feelings on the bike. So I think he just wanted me to, you know, a real expert, a real fan of the bike to uh, to talk about living with it, how it's been going, and uh, sort of share my thoughts on it. As you guys know, I've been getting back into riding a little bit. Not enough for Kiefer's liking, but I'm trying trying to hold a full-time job and uh, and also ride my dirt bike. And uh, it's been fun getting back on it, you know. And as far as the bike, listen, in all seriousness, it, it, it pretty much got last in all the shootouts. Um, it's still a great bike. There's still nothing wrong with it, but it got last in a lot of shootouts. So I've been riding the 18 RMZ 450, and when I tell people that or when they see photos, they see me at the race, they're like, how is it, man? As if like somebody, like what, how you'd say it to somebody who, whose relative died or, or who had a big tragedy in their life where you're like, how you doing, man? How is everything? Like with this concern. That's what I get from these jerkies at the races who want to talk to me about the uh, 18 RMZ 450 because, like we said, it, it, it didn't do well in the shootouts. But and, and I'll tell everybody on this podcast what I tell them. Look. The last thing that I need to worry about is this bike holding me back from greatness. That's the bottom line with any of these new 450s, unless you're uh, an elitist uh, racer like uh, Kiefer or some of these dudes, uh, you know, some of these guys that are, are just uh, the best of the best. Maybe then some shortcomings of some bikes will show up. But this bike is not holding me back in any way. I've been enjoying riding it. And oddly enough, I raced a Suzuki in 1982. Sorry, 1983, I raced a Suzuki, and I'd never raced one or ridden one since then. Now, a couple of my buddies told me that I did take a few laps on their 93 RMs back in the day. Uh, I do not remember that, um, but um, yeah, I think, uh, 
I, I think basically this is the first time that a Suzuki is front, yellow front fender has been in front of me uh, for almost pretty much my whole life. So I am RM Army, and uh, I am enjoying it. As far as the bike goes, look, um, Kiefer let me ride a Honda and a, and a Yamaha uh, beforehand, uh, before I rode the Suzuki, and both of those bikes have better motors than the rmz they uh they have more power they hit harder uh they they go for longer uh spread of power than the rmz but um that's that's just something that's fact now uh the rmz though is it's fast enough it's still a 450 and it's uh it doesn't have as much hit as i would like uh obviously i'm fatter so i you know i would like a little bit more hit uh, and i added a pro circuit system to uh to the bike a stainless steel pro circuit system and i have to admit when i first put it on and i did a write-up on kefir ink testing i first put it on i was a little underwhelmed roll on power in third seemed to be a bit better and uh, other than that it wasn't much difference now i left the stock screen in there the uh this this the spark this the spark arrestor screen in there and Kiefer's like hey you should take that out and I'm like yeah 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 I just didn't have four millimeter Allen key so I went riding another time and another time and he's like you should take that out and Peyton Mitch Peyton the pro circuit asked me how I thought the exhaust was and I told him he's like you should take that out and I have experience like with White Brothers back in the day with with bikes that it didn't make a whole lot of difference in taking that out. Yeah, I had a little bit better throttle response and maybe a tad more bottom. But it, in my experience, for whatever reasons, uh, it didn't make a whole lot of difference. So I wasn't too worried about it. But it was uh, it was in the garage, and I was going riding, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to take that screen out. So I did, and it, it comes with a screen, and then there's a little in, a plug on the insert, uh, the exhaust outlet as well. So it's all one big piece. It's rather heavy, rather large. Um, and I took that out, and, and yeah... Kiefer and everyone was right. The bike did get better with that system immediately. Uh, I got better throttle response. I got better bottom end. I got that's that roll-on third power was still there. It didn't take away from that. So uh, I definitely recommend. I should have done that sooner, and I should have done it before my review of the system. So my bad. Definitely made a big deal. Uh, as far as the cornering of the bike, no problems. Turns really well, and uh, I got no problems. You know, with my pumped-up arms making the inside of the of the turn or going to the outside or whatever have you it's really skinny between your legs it's really uh feels feels light in the air i know what the scale doesn't really show it but it feels light in the air um and people um remarked i let a couple people ride it like parabinos and, and caslu and they said the same thing about how skinny it feels in between it. and then i rode caslu's cowie and i felt like it was a, a bigger uh, sort of piggish kind of bike compared to the rmz so the rmz is uh fits really well with you it's got a nice neutral layout uh, suspension I got obviously done with race tech. It was too soft. Shocking. Not for my weight, for my speed. No, I'm kidding. But I got it done by race tech and been very happy with that. I didn't have the right spring rate at first. And I got that on. I'm interested to try it with the right spring rate. I was a couple couple spring rates off uh, on the back. Uh, but now I have the right rate spring rate. I have yet to try it. Uh, forks are good. Shocks good. You know, it's nothing, again, it's nothing that holds me back a little bit. I did slow down the rebound from race tech's initial um uh, setting and i seem to like that better but i think what it was doing was bottoming and coming back on me and uh the spring rate was wrong and i tried to just band-aid it with the rebound a little bit so I'll, i might have to go back uh back out a little bit when the uh when the new spring rate is on so yeah i really like the bike it's neutral i got pro taper stuff on there i got a, a ride engineering i went one tooth up on the on the rear sprocket because i was reading mxa too much 
So I went one tooth up on the rear sprocket on the machine, and, and that seemed to help a little bit. I thought, I just, I, you know, I'll get to that in a second. But um, what else? Uh, yeah, ride engineering bar clamp on. So I bent, in the big crash at Mesquite, I, I bent uh, the bar mount and the bars and everything. I have a Pro Taper throttle tube on there and, so I can change grips because somehow Suzuki still has the grip glued to the plastic throttle tube. What is this? 1990? Stop it, Suzuki. Stop gluing the grip to the throttle tube. All right? I guess it's good for the aftermarket. But uh, So I have a Pro Taper throttle tube on there with the right grips that I want and everything. And, um, yeah, overall, man, like I said, these, these guys, man, with the bike, it's fine. It's a good bike. It, 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 does, it does everything good. You know what I mean? It's got a good motor, but not a great motor. It turns good. Suspension is good. Um, it's got spring fork on it. That fork on it, uh, I've talked to some suspension guys, that that fork is basically an A-kit from a few years ago. So it's a terrific functioning fork. Uh, there should be no issues. I, I did put some Michelin Starcross 5s on it. I was having a problem in, in one of my turns out at my track, kind of getting to the inside. I felt the front end uh, was drifting on me, and I couldn't stick to the inside. It was kind of an off-camber, coming off a double with some speed, gradual turn. The, it's hard pack and rocky. So I was thinking it was the tire, and, and as much as I love Randy Richardson and Michelin's, uh, I put the Starcross 5 on it, and I had the same problem. So it was definitely the corner itself and not the tire that uh, made a difference. But I like the Starcross 5s. They've been good for me. Been no problem with that. I've uh, been changing the oil regularly. I got a filter from the JGR guys, and then I got a filter from the Maxima guys, so I've yet to have to clean a filter. But I'm running out of them. I got three, and uh, I'm on my last one. So I'm going to have to clean a filter real soon. Uh, as far as the bike itself, it looks badass. It is the best-looking bike by far out there. And that we know that's super important. Hashtag RM Army. Hashtag blue gas tank cover. Hashtag bitchin'-looking bike. Um, other than that, it's been good, man. I like it. It's a, it's a good bike. It's nice, neutral. It's safe. It's easy. It'll give uh, everything you kind of need to do out there. Now, the biggest flaw to me... Because I got my suspension dialed in. Like, I can't ride the stock stuff, right? So that that's almost irrelevant. The biggest flaw to me is the motor. It needs a bit more hit. It needs a bit more punch. It really does. Whether you're um, a, a, an amateur, intermediate dude, novice, pro rider, it needs a bit more punch. Um, guys at Vertex said they'd get me a high-compression piston, but then that seems like a whole lot of work to do that. Um the Pro Circuit system helped, though. It helped a lot, especially after I took out the insert. It definitely worked worked uh, worked much better that way. If I could do anything, I would I would add more power to the bike for sure. I did play around with the, with the mapping a little bit. Didn't notice a whole lot of difference, to be honest. And honestly, didn't even know if I was doing it right with the mapping with the with the three maps. Um, I don't know if it's a start map or what it was doing. I did some starts. It didn't make a difference. I don't know, bro. I'm just trying to simply ride the thing and survive. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be too worried about uh, all of that stuff. So, yeah, 18 RMZ 450. That's my long-term review. I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. Thanks to Suzuki for letting me keep it. Thanks to Kiefer for giving it to me. And if nothing else, it looks like a badass bike, and I look like a badass dude out there on the bike. I just wish it hit more. But everything else is great. Thanks for listening. Well, there you have it. Straight from the lion's den's mouth, right there, Steve Mathis. So hopefully he gave you some insight on what he does and how the bike reacts to his style of riding. You know, even though he's a four-time Manitoba champion, I would say 
Mathis rides, you know, he rides pretty good. You can see it's still in there. He just needs more time on the bike. But you'd be surprised how many of you are just like Mathis. You may ride once, maybe twice a week. You just go out and have fun. Maybe you put one total engine hour on the bike per session. And you're just there to have a good time. So nonetheless, you want your bike to work. You want your, ride, your bike to work well for you. So um, I'm going to give you some things right here. So let's start out by Suzuki is not the brand you go to be like, hey, I want the cutting edge, leading technology. Oh, my bike's going to be light. I'm going to have all these things. That's not the Suzuki brand, okay? Suzuki's got a bad rap in the past of having, you know, my bike falls apart, it blows up, it's not reliable. That's not true. I was that dirt rider, and we've had Suzuki's in the past, and every time I had a long-term Suzuki in my garage, it's lasted a long time. I had to take care of it. And yes, I will say the fasteners, the bolts and things, are not as quality as a Honda, KTM, or even a Yamaha. But take care of your threads, you know, who... <laughs> How hard is it to put a little bit of grease on some threads and just make sure and be careful when you're doing, you know, tightening your bolts? I've stripped more than one Suzuki bolt, but that's because I suck. I'm a careless mechanic. I just tighten it up and I'm not paying attention. So you really can't do that and get away with it with a Suzuki. So just pay attention, change your oil, you know, check your valves, do the proper maintenance, follow the manual. I know most of you guys out there don't even give a shit about your manuals, but I'm telling you what, that thing is, is basically a Bible for your motorcycle. Every time a dirt bike comes out, you get that manual when you walk out of the dealership, keep that son of a bitch, and if you're bored at home or your wife's cranky and bitchy, go read the manual. Find out some things about your bike. You'd be surprised how much you can learn by reading an OEM owner's manual. I always tell people that, and they're like, whatever, dude. I'm like, dude, there's so much to learn about your bike in an owner's manual. The test riders and the manufacturer work hand-in-hand, hand, and the engineers all work hand-in-hand hand to create that manual for you to make sure everything is done right and to the spec that they've tested at. So, again, that's kind of what my app is going to be about. It's going to be like a Bible for your testing needs for your bike. But if you guys really want to know the straight scoop, where to put stuff, torque specs, you know, even suspension settings, they'll kind of, some manuals give you a soft, hard setting, so it's worth it to pay attention to your manual. So Suzuki's always been known to have a good manual. When I go through their OEM owner's manual, it's actually pretty good. Honda and Suzuki, I, th I think, have one of the better ones. You know, I love a Yamaha, but I still feel like Yamaha's lacking in the owner's manual area. So Check out your owner's manual. Make sure uh, you read it thorough and uh, and do it upright. So the 18 Suzuki has been all, all new. We know this, right? You guys go back to the shootout podcast. You can listen to it, hear the opinions about it. No one really complains about the engine, okay? Everything is chassis-related or mostly rear shock-related. The fork, eh, so-so. Yes, spring fork. Thank you, baby Jesus, for putting that on there. But... I still feel like Suzuki need to develop another year or so to get this bike really dialed in. So hopefully they make some of these running changes, what I like to call them, for 2019. I haven't heard much about the new bike, so hopefully they did make some changes. I know the 250 
the 250 will be different, but the 450 might have some minor adjustments as well. So we're going to just talk about the engine because I feel like that is less work for you guys. And if you guys have this bike, there's a couple things that I've tried. Let me let me say this. Yes, Mathis has my test bike, but I do test for other companies, you know, people that have Suzuki's to compare, okay? And I've put a lot of time on a Suzuki um, doing comparisons, not even my test bike that I have here because Mathis has it. So if you guys are wondering, like, hey, how do you know anything about this bike? You don't have it. Mathis has it. Well, on the DL, I ride a lot on a Suzuki to compare other things, other parts um, for other manufacturers, okay? So can't get into all of that, but yes, I do have some time with Suzuki. And I've also spent some time on Adrian at Ride Engineering's bike. He's done a bunch of things to it. So engine-wise, smooth roll-on power, power, excellent, I think, delivery. It's snappy off the bottom, but yet pulls pretty good through the mid-range. Yes, not the best top end. It does pull a little bit farther, I think, than last year's bike, but I would wish, I would want a little bit more over-rev and top end just for a little bit more pull down the long straightaway, but nonetheless, easy to ride. You know, it doesn't jerk you know, your hands off the bars when you're rolling out of a corner. So white is a stock coupler, or yeah, I guess you could say a coupler. And then they have an aggressive one, which is a white as well, but it has two wires coming out. So if you guys have that extra piece, you know, when they give you your manual, I usually stick with the stock coupler, okay? But if you guys are riding deeper tracks or you have sand and you want a little bit more aggression down low, you won't get any more pull you know, towards the top end, but you want a little bit more excitement and a tiny bit more mid-range RPM response, go to that aggressive coupler, and that will help you a little bit in those areas. It's not a huge, drastic, you know, change, but it does help getting the power to the ground sooner. Um, I don't get any extra wheel spin from it, so I just kind of like it for that excitement RPM response feeling. Now, there is one weak point in this engine, and it is the clutch. When I get emails about this bike, I give you guys two options. You guys have money, which you probably do because you save some money because this bike is basically less expensive than any other machine out there. I've seen these bikes for around seven grand, so they're going really, really cheap right now. So that's another reason why this bike's so good because you can get a brand new bike for two thousand three thousand dollars less than you know other other brand the clutch is soft the clutch is weak it'll fade it doesn't drag or slip but it just kind of goes away when it gets slightly abused i don't have to abuse it a lot and i'm not that big of a a clutch abuser i will drag it every now and again to keep the front end down but the power is so smooth that i really don't need to abuse the clutch but nonetheless it just kind of fades and goes away i'm constantly adjusting it I go to a Henson Clutch Basket. You guys know I'm a fan of Henson products. I have not tried a Recluse. I really need to get a hold of these guys and try to get a few of their products to try them. But I know from my experience that Henson works. The lifespan of your clutch is better. I get less fading with a Henson, so I've tried this bike with a full setup. And I've tried it with just the basket only with stiffer springs, and it's much better. 
Yes, your clutch pull will be a little bit harder, but not much. Not like a Honda clutch. That's super stiff. But if you guys can't afford a full Henson, either A, just get the basket with some stiffer springs, or you guys can't afford the basket, try going just to a stiffer spring setup. Henson will offer a you know stiffer clutch spring. You can just put those springs in there with your stock clutch. It doesn't work quite as good as getting a new basket, but it will help fading a little bit. So that's something that I would look into for you guys out there. And sometimes you guys hit me back and say, Kiefer, I'm not even that good. How can my clutch even go away? There's no way I could go through a clutch every 10 hours. I agree, but I'm telling you what, I'm not hard on the clutch at all with this bike, and it still will fade. So just look into at least a stiffer spring and maybe a basket, and that'll... That'll help you guys a lot. Hey, Kiefer, I want a muffler. Okay, I get it. You want some bling on there. Maybe lose some weight. I get it, because this bike is heavy. It's probably the heavy. No, it is. Not probably. It is the heaviest 450 out there right now. It even gained more weight from last year because, obviously, spring forks. So I've tried two separate mufflers, Pro Circuit and FMF. I'm working on getting some Akrapovich stuff, but, man, it's tough to get a hold of those dudes. So... Akrapovich, guys, if you're listening, you guys need a, a better communicator over there because it's tough to email, try to get product. It's almost a nightmare. FMF Pro Circuit's probably one of the easier ones to get stuff from. If I was going to choose on a muffler, I would choose an FMF over a Pro Circuit. Both are good, but FMF offers a little bit more mid-range and top-end than the Pro Circuit. Usually how I've kind of seen in the past, and the track record goes bottom mid to an FMF and mid top to a pro circuit, but it's kind of switched here where I got a little bit more bottom end and mid from the pro circuit and a little bit more mid to top end with um, the FMF. But I do like the mid range and top end that I'm getting from the FMF. It gets you a little bit more RPM response and pull and I think that's where the Suzuki likes it, is that mid to top end power. And if there is a muffler, stock muffler, that isn't that great, because I'm always preaching, hey, stock mufflers are good, it's tough to find horsepower when you're going an aftermarket muffler. Well, the FMF is substantially better than the stock muffler, as, as, as well as the Pro Circuit. So those two mufflers, you're going to lose a little bit of weight, a pound a t- pound or two, and you're going to get more performance out of it. Stock muffler on the RMZ 450 is pretty vanilla. Not a lot of lot going on there, not a lot of power. So if there's one bike out there on the market today that could use a muffler, it is the Suzuki. So that is one easy way to get a little bit of extra out of your, your Suzuki. Now, if you guys are looking for some engine work, I haven't did a full-blown head yet, but I have tried a higher compression piston. That helps. And a cam. I would go to more of a stage two cam. So I've tried both separately and then I've tried both at the same time. Dude, having a pipe, a piston, and a cam, just those three things really make this engine so much fun to ride. It's still so linear down low, lots of traction. If I'm going to rank like who has the closest rear wheel traction to a KTM and Husky, I'm going to say Suzuki does. It feels really connected to the ground, and you don't lose that when you put a piston and a cam in it. 
you just gain a little bit more bottom in, but yet you still have connectivity to the rear wheel, and it's so crisp and responsive from mid to top end, man. It pulls so much better with the cam and piston, so you guys want more out of that Suzuki engine. Three simple things, a muffler, piston, and a cam. You don't really have to screw with anything else. The, the um, air-fuel mixture, the ignition timing, all that is good once you do all those mods. I don't have any D-cell pop. I didn't really have to you know, send my ignition to Tokyo Mods or, or whoever you guys want to you know, send that to. The stock stuff works. I do recommend if you do go to a piston and a cam and a muffler, stick with the stock coupler. Don't go to the, to the more aggressive, leaner coupler. I like the little bit richer feeling. It kind of feeds the power a little bit more running that stock coupler. So those are my engine kind of specs and things that I liked about it. Commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, Go check out ruddedracing.com or, if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing. Or ruddedracing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a rutted racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget, you know what's coming after rutted racing? Screenprintingdone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees, get 10 free t shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. You're having an Anaheim One party? Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The Seven Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him... It's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order, 12. Get 10 for free. Later. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house i don't have that many outlets they just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage when you're in your car when you're at your house just 
I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to Skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyFrankTesting.com, I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. Moving on to the suspension side of things, I do have some settings. Man, I've spent, I don't know how many days working with suspension. It's, it's funny because when we do these tests, you think, oh, we're just going to work on the stuff that I'm there to, you know, for the company that I'm there for. But it's amazing how much time we work on other brands of bikes just to try to dial them in to see how well they can be. That leads me to I've produced and ridden a lot of hours on the Suzuki. So first things first, the fork. They come with a .50 newton meter spring. I'm 170 pounds. Yes, I'm a faster type of rider, but this bike does benefit from a 5.1 newton meter spring. And I'll, I'll get to, to more of the balance later in this podcast in a little bit when I talk about the shock, but it does help the balance of the motorcycle. Um, out of the box, it does feel stink bug, like the rear end feels high, almost Honda-ish. So putting this fork spring will kind of help the balance out, you know, especially on diesel. I'm gonna get to you some shock settings, which is probably the more important of the two. But 0.51 newton meter fork spring does help this bike, so look into that. If you're anywhere between 170 and up, please look into that. That'll help the stink bug feel and get you some added, you know, when you're coming into a corner and you have some decel, that's going to kind of help the shock as well. This BFRC shock is a pain in the ass, so getting a little bit of stiffer spring helps comfort. Um, compression. So I messed with a lot of things. So if you're going, if you have a stock spring, go to five out on your compression. If you have a stock valving and .51 spring, you want to be ten out. Okay. You want to go a little bit softer when you have a heavier spring. This helps the balance again. Rebound eleven out and the height. 
I want you guys at the first line. I think they come stock at the second line. I drop it a little bit because this bike is a little unstable on fast, high-speed stuff. So get that height at the first line. That'll help balance as well. Now, leading to the shock. The shock is a headache. It needs more testing time. It's hard for the average consumer, you guys out there, to dial it in. Again, spent many time messing with the thing at the track. I just want to ride. I don't want to screw with it. But a lot of hours just turning clickers, see what it does. And I guess I shouldn't say clickers on the shock because it turns. So when I say, usually when I in the testing world, when we say click, that's one full turn. So this shock's a little different than most where you do everything up on top. There's nothing on the bottom for you guys to screw with. So the stock compression setting is at 1.5 turns, okay? I left it at one turn. This helps. Rebound. Stock is at three out. I went to 1.5. Maybe you guys can do quarter turn increment increments. You can go to one to 1.25. So anywhere between one to 1.5 turns out on the rebound helps settle that shock down on D-cell. That's where this shock sucks. Acceleration's pretty good, follows the ground well, but on D-cell, I always get a kick, and it always was fast feeling, like especially on the first bump. I always got one big kick, huge kick. It would kind of dive, like I said, stink bug, and then leave the chassis unsettled coming in the corner, and it would hurt the best trade of this bike, which is the cornering, right? So slow that rebound down a little bit. If you guys, I'm going to tell you to run a link. If I was going to buy this bike right away, first thing I would buy is a link. I'm going to preach to you guys about getting a ride engineering link, but I don't care who you go to, okay? As long as you go with a one millimeter longer length, okay? I tried a 1.25, a 1.5, and even went to a 1.75. Too much. One millimeter is really good. It helps the balance of the bike, okay? Stink bug feeling will go away. Your sag numbers kind of can come down a little bit. Um, because when you don't use a link, you got to run a sag measurement between 110 to 112 to really feel the bike rear end get low. Otherwise, it's so unbalanced. If you ran a 105 sag reading with with no link, dude, it's so stink bug feeling, especially on D-cell, it's, it's horrible. So... That's the thing I always had problems with in shootouts. Man, I always feel stink bug. It feels high. It's kicking. So we tried to drop that ass end a lot. Always dropping it, dropping it, dropping it. And then pretty soon, the fork starts to feel harsh because you're trying to get so low in the rear and your fork on acceleration is always and feels harsh, feels deflecty. So it's really hard to balance this bike out. So with this link, it helps balance the chassis out. You can run... Uh, sag measurement of 106 okay with the link if you guys aren't running a link you're gonna have to run a sag between 110 to 112 to get it low enough okay and then what you're gonna do that's why that um, the fork setting is so weird when I say five out on the compression because you're getting that ass in so low you gotta have to back that sucker out on the fork so do yourself a favor Go get a link for your bike. It'll help you out tremendously. It'll help coming into coming into corners on D-cell. It'll help the lean angle. So it just helps the whole chassis feel more balanced. So again, 
No link 110 to 112 sag. With the link, get a 106 sag reading, much better. And you can keep the you know the compression, the rebound settings the same that I just mentioned. But for sure, go look at Ride Engineering Links because they do help this podcast a little bit. I've worked with him. I know what he's doing. So I've had experience with Adrian and what he does. I've helped him out with some testing. So I'm not going to push one brand on you guys because I'm not a salesman here. But it's easy to go over to Adrian. You can use my code kefer-20 get 20% off but nonetheless you can go to Duval you can go to Pro Circuit just as long as you go get a one millimeter longer length you go any more than that it kind of makes the bike feel wallowy under acceleration especially when you have some rollers coming out of the corner so that's what I noticed when I tried a 1.25 and up yes it helped on decel but then it started hurting acceleration when I went up you know on a longer length of a link. So that's the magic key, one millimeter. Do that first when you get this bike. It's going to help you guys out a lot. Like I said, chassis, kind of a nightmare. Two things are important. Again, link and fork height. The fork height is very important. You want to put that sucker at the one first line, not the second line. The bike itself, once you get it dialed and balanced, it corners really good, guys. I always said in the shootouts, it's probably not the best cornering bike, and it wasn't at the time. But once you get it balanced out and you work with it, that great Suzuki cornering technique that you guys usually have when riding your bikes comes back. The character of the bike, you can carve an inside corner. As heavy as it is, it's not quite as light feeling as you know to, to the, the 2017 model, but it does come back side-to-side movement, lean angle, that feels fine, but this bike just needs a little bit of help on straight line. Once you get the link in there, the cornering comes back, you can carve those inside lines, it leans really nice. For those of you guys who are a front-end steering rider, that helps. The link will help that as well. I still feel like chassis is a little bit stiff. I'm going to work on some engine hangers here pretty soon and get you guys some feedback on that to try to get some more um, comfort out of the motor I'm sorry out of the the chassis itself I do notice over time with this chassis some vibration I don't know what that is I still felt it when it was new now that I've been riding with it more I do notice the bike vibrates more than other Japanese manufacturers out there it's not a huge deal I just notice it a little bit more I don't know if you guys out there do notice it when you have a you have a Suzuki. If you guys do, hit me back at chris at keyforinktesting.com and fill me in as well because I've had other testers that rode this bike and they don't notice it as much as I do, um, but maybe some of you have. So that is basically what I have done to the Suzuki. Um, the bar band I think is pretty good this year. They changed that. I do like that. I ran a stock bar band. That agrees with me. I do change the grips because those grips are a nightmare for my hands little things like that but overall the bike is pretty good once you get the chassis balance great I've said it 17 times today on the show but I'm telling you it's a whole different machine once you can get that link and get that rear shock to kind of settle coming to corners because that's the key thing for this bike otherwise it's great so I'd keep riding this sucker I'm probably going to put a little bit more time on this thing I don't have that much 
more to do on this. This is basically Steve's bike, but I do have a couple tests coming up where I'm going to have to be required to ride it. So I'm going to try some hangers, like I said. That test will go up on keyforinktesting.com, so you can read that. And just to touch on the engine hangers a little bit, it's not the end-all, be-all chassis fix, okay? Engine hangers are there. They're designed with engineers from the manufacturers for the rigidity balance, right? That doesn't mean they get it right every single time. Engineers, Japanese engineers, are damn smart people, let me tell you. I've worked with a lot of them, and they're smarter, way smarter than me. But sometimes they're kind of pigeon-held and they're in a box. They had to work with one thing. And, of course, time constraints hurt that. So what Chris Palm is doing with his engine hangers, it's more like a Band-Aid fix. So these engine hangers, like the Honda, help rigidity balance, get you some more flex, get you some more comfort in the frame. Because some of us don't want a rigid-feeling frame. The heavier you are, the heavier you are, you might want a stiffer feeling, but I'm light. I'm light on the bike. I don't like a stiff feeling chassis for the conditions that I ride, for most of the things that I ride. So gonna test out some engine hangers to see if that helps straight line stability, because like I said, that Suzuki frame's still a little bit rigid. I still feel a little bit of deflection harshness um, when I'm driving down a straightaway and I hit a, the first couple square edges or um, some D-cell bumps, so I'm going to try to get some of that out and get back to you over on my website. So anyway, that's the Living With 2018 RMZ 450. If you have any questions about your Suzuki or maybe about anything that I've mentioned here, you can always reach out to me at chris at keyforinktesting.com. I've been on it with emails lately because I haven't been writing, so I've been busting ass on emails getting back to you Stoked that you guys are appreciative. I thank you very much for being cool on the email. I hate people that just email me and say, Yo, Kiefer, what is this? What's the best setting for this? You know, I like to hear stories about you guys. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm this type of rider. I ride this much. I'm married. I have kids or whatever. You know, give me some feedback on you guys. I can't tell you how to ride. Kiefer, I suck in corners. I can't lean. The bike sucks. Dude, I don't know your technique, okay? So I can't help you. But give me some background on what you're riding, what type of conditions you're riding, what tracks you're riding, how often you're riding. And I think my answers will be better for you all. And I appreciate politeness. Like, I'm not a, I'm not charging you guys for, you know, to get back to you. I just really want to help everyone out that I can. So be cool, you know? Chances are, if you're cool, I'll get back to you sooner. If you're a dick on the email, I'm going to take a week or so to get back to you. I will get back to you. I probably shouldn't even write you back, but I'm, I'm too damn nice, and I want to get back to everybody as much as I can. So anyway, thank you for those that have been sending those emails, and I appreciate it. And that's why I created Kiefer Inc. I tell you guys this all the time. I didn't grow up rich, guys, okay? My dad worked his balls off. I had a you know three-year-old bike. It was roached out. But he did what he could to keep me on a motorcycle. We weren't made of money. My mom, you know, she had multiple sclerosis, so most of our money went to my mom for her health. So uh, I told myself, if I'm ever in a position to help people, dirt bike related, I'm going to do it. And thank God I left Dirt Rider and started this because it's been a rewarding experience. So 
Hey, Suzuki's a good bike. I know we talk shit and we mess around, but this is a pretty damn good bike. It just needs more TLC than others. You just don't grab it and you're going to ride it and be like, boom, this feels great. Again, Suzuki guys, get the link first. Worry about a pipe later. Don't worry about blinging it out. Make your shit handle good first on the track. All right, guys. Hopefully, Mathis got back to you guys with some good info. And, of course, stay tuned to keyforinktesting.com for more tests. And, of course, if you guys got any extra money burning in your pockets, hit up Heather at keyforinktesting.com. Get some hoodies, get some shirts, some stickers. Stickers are free when you order some stuff, so I'll send you some sticker packs if you order a t-shirt. But thank you for those out there buying them and running them and sending me photos of you at the track with the t-shirts on. So stay tuned next week with another ep- episode here at the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. Thank you to Skosh.com. Go buy some stuff. You got heart rate monitors? You want to get in shape? Dude, SCOKT25 saves you 25% over at Skosh.com. Give yourself a boom bottle, chargers, anything electric, car, audio, garage, home, outside by the pool, patio. Head over to Skosh. Very cool website. They're enthusiasts. Thank you, Skosh. Thank you, Rutted Racing. Go buy some t-shirts, hoodies, and hats. And, of course, thank you to ScreenPrintingDone.com. Go get some stuff made up. Go party with some of your party shirts. Buy 10. Get Oh, I'm sorry, buy 12 and get 10 for free. So thank you guys. See you next week.